Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Iceland. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. Yes, and at the end of the series it's you, the listeners, voting on your favourites and at our live event we'll crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hello Monty! Hello Matt! We've got some news that we'll talk about a bit later about the live show, but... I'm okay. How's you? <laughs> I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm um back from Finland. How was your Finnish trip, Monty? Um, I didn't actually get very far in the end. For the magic of podcasting, we did record the episodes before where I was talking about going to Finland. But um, no, I I got to hospital instead. Yeah, in in the UK. In not, the UK. Yeah. Yes. You weren't very well. You're poorly man. I was a bit poorly, but I'm feeling much better now, which is very good. But yes, thank you for your lovely comments about my non-trip to Finland. (laughs) You had fake fun in fake Finland. I did, and I had fake Lonkaro as well, i.e. none. So I'm not best pleased. Lonkaro is the famous drink that Monty likes. (laughs) I shall be. I'll have to order some in. Well, we should have got one for this episode because we, we are, should have done. We're in we're in that region of. We're still still in that in, yeah, <laughs> the, the north, the north, <laughs> the cold, cold north. This week we're in Iceland. We are indeed. So, Matt, tell us who's been contacting us on social media. Well, it's a short one this week. Our mailbag is a little bit bulging. Not lots, just a little bit. Uh, From Twitter, Roberto says, Hey boys, when are you doing Finland? Asking for a ram, pam, 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 pam friend. Oh, um, Um. well, as you know, we've already (laughs) done Finland. (laughs) We had recorded that before you tweeted us. Um, Well, well, yeah, I hope that you like the results. Well, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Maybe but... his bum 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 friend doesn't that. Mm. Mm. Sorry to let down your friend. <laughs> <laughs> he also tweeted as well, Roberto, uh, saying, "Well done, boys. Love me a bit of Elsie Ray Cyrus." So maybe the, the Norwegian episode made up for the perhaps disappointing. Yeah, so maybe finish. that was just a comment on me getting her name completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also, we had a tweet from Bob who said, Can someone tell me where I start queuing to protest about this week's second cherry choice? Oh, God. Protest? Who do you think you are? A monarchist at the Queen's funeral? <laughs> <laughs> How very dare you, Bob. Bob, when we see you in person, probably at the live show now, uh, I'll explain or to you. Or maybe in the pub later. Or maybe in the pub later, yeah. <laughs> what she's like. Uh, I will, I'll explain to you. It's my fault, basically. But we'll explain off air. <laughs> 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 Once I put you a drink to soften the blow. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you haven't said who you would have preferred for Norway. If you're not happy with our choice. About which song do you wish to protest? Mmm... Anyway, that's our mail for this week. Let's get on with the show. So, 
So the Icelandic national final was held over three dates, 26th of Feb, the 5th of March and the final on the 12th of March. All three of shows this year were held at the RVK Studios, located in Reykjavik. The format was, of course, the Songverkeppning, the Songverkeppning for 2022. This is the format that they've used since they first took part in 1986. Also, they had previous editions in 1981 and 1983 before they took part in Eurovision, presumably just domestic purposes. Um, And apart from the five years that it has been selected internally, that is the format that they've used. It was hosted by Björn Magnusdottir, Jon Jonsson and Ragnhilda Steinem Jons Dottir. So a son and a daughter of Jon there, so he's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> two semi-finals with five songs each. Two of those songs qualified by Televote alone and a wild card was added by the broadcaster so there were five songs in the final the final had two rounds of voting and the second round had two songs which advanced to the final round and it was a 50 50 vote in the jury of course we know that the winner was sister mm. oh the winner at the time was actually siga Betta and aileen and they changed their name to sister what did you think of song well, you know, we featured them on the podcast, we interviewed them, and um, I think it is a stunningly beautiful song, sung by stunningly beautiful women, and I think, did the right song win? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think so. I do think there's another song that pushed it very much, well, I mean, you can tell from the results, there was two songs that pushed each other, but this, yeah, I think it was, it's a beautiful song. I thought it would be too simple for Eurovision, but I'm very glad that it wasn't deemed that. They got the votes and did well. I think Iceland were happy with this. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that voting in later in the show when we get to the point mm-hmm. of talking about the song that this was up against in the final two. Because I think it's quite an interesting a reflection how the vote went there. Yeah, I mean, it was a very simple song. We were a little surprised that it qualified. It did qualify in 10th, so it only just got through. Um, but it had 103 points in the semi-final. It dropped to 23rd in the final with just 20 points. 10 from the jury, 10 from the televote. So it, I think you know, once it was in a lineup of m- more songs... And probably better songs, the support for it just really fell away. Uh, and I think that's what happens if you qualify and there's mm. lower reaches. Great, you get all the excitement and qualify. Really, for the vast majority of songs from the semi-final, that is the moment. That's the moment you're going to get at Eurovision. So I'm really pleased that the uh, the women got that. Um, bit of a shame that it just did drop off completely when it came to the final. I do think qualification was the goal and qualification is what, everybody was happy with in the delegation and then themselves the sisters i think that was a win for them it is a stunningly beautiful song honestly i just i really i think everyone should go and stream it now and give it some love well let's have a little listen
sister there with Mehekan Bisul, the Icelandic entry for Eurovision this year. But what was the rest of the lineup like? Let's have a listen. Song number one then is Amorosis with Don't You Know. Monty, thoughts on Amorosis? Well, I do know, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you know? I do know that she's wearing a very interesting frock. Yeah. What colour would you put it? I was thinking aquamarine first, but I think it's a bit too blue. I'm coming in as teal. Yeah, teal. I mean, I think I've got leotards of that colour for my trampoline days back in the 80s. Please, 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 (laughs) let us see some photos. (laughs) Not of the crappy ones. I do have photos of it in leotard, but uh, it was a decent leotard. Not those. But uh, it's very Kylie Minogue, circa whatever year Can't Get You Out of My Head was. The frock is, definitely, it's because got it's hood. got a, like a hoodie. Yeah. She's wearing a teal hooded frock. I'm not sure she pulls it off like Kylie does. <laughs> no, not really. Um, it's a brother and sister duet, mm. I believe. Um, he's sat at the piano. She's um, tottering around in a teal hoodie. Um, she goes over and sits down at the piano and they sing a bit of a duet. It's quite upbeat, it's quite jolly. It's a bit unremarkable, but I got it in my head. When you say Kylie don't get can't get you out of my head, this is in my head now. Mm. Well good. <laughs> <laughs> May not be so good actually, if it's still there in a couple of hours. Yeah, I think it is it's the sound of the song is very nineties Brit pop or kind of Brit poppy. It's kind of what the main pop sort of um, line-up was back in the 90s. I don't think the presentation, that that, that dress costume worked uh, at all, if I'm being honest. Um, and I think the whole presentation on stage, I think it could have been, if you could make it more like it was a party or a gathering of people and everyone was just having a jolly... It had that Because the, the song's got that vibe to it. It's a really jolly song. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I just, I didn't get that from the performance. But I think it is quite a sweet song, and um, yeah, I think it's it's a, a strong entry into Song of the Kettling this year. It's a song I enjoy listening to when I hear it. Um, whether it's a song I would select to listen to, I'm not sure. But uh, it was, yeah, it was entertaining while it happened. Yeah, I'm not going to grind to some bloke at the Eurofest <laughs> to this song. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Thad Enough by Katla is the second song that we're going to listen to. Translates as From There. think of this um i like Kettler. i think the song it could be 
pushed a little bit more. I feel like it's a really, really uh, well-composed song. It's just missing a couple of, like, edges to it. So uh, the atmospheric elements, I think that could be pushed more, seem to meander along a little bit. I do like what she's wearing, talking of, we are going to start talking about <laughs> fashion, because that's what we're known for. Um, the deep blue, sort of purpley trouser shoot that she's wearing, I think is well suited, excuse the pun, for the, the song. Uh, it's got a green and blue lighting across stage, so it kind of, it kind of all fits really well. Vocally, it's a little limited. Uh, I don't think it necessarily says something about her, but just the song itself. Ultimately, though, it is a bit forgettable. But again, it's another decent national final entry, I think. I think this is about the staging, because I think it's quite cleverly, interestingly staged. There's a kind of a mirror effect. She's reflected in mirrors which are placed throughout the stage, but also on the backdrop, they're using on the graphics a kind of cracked mirror Mm -hmm. effect. And I do think it's quite effective. I think the strength of the song is in the chorus. Um, I'm not sure that the verse is so strong. Um, and also, I'm not sure that her, her voice is always up to it when she gets to the, the big parts of it. It's quite existential angsty, I thought, about feeling the pain, but living through it anyway, which is, you know, a, a, a decent message in a song. I have to disagree with you on the um, on what she's wearing, because my note says I'd have done different styling or consulting. <laughs> I'm not sure that that blue pantsuit does her any favours. And her hair's got that kind of closely styled look to it, where she's got sort of little tufts. It's very 90s. Very 90s, very, it's exactly yeah. what my notes say. Mm. Yes. Ooh, we've got, it's like we've got intuition. <laughs> <laughs> look at us. Fashionistas, fash, hair, fair hair, hair fashion um, and Eurovision. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure we're pulling all of that off. <laughs> Maybe the Eurovision bit we're getting. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was uh, it was quite a nice, nicely staged song, I thought. And the chorus really hooks me in. The rest of it, I think, is a little bit flimsy. As I have to say, I kind of felt the whole Icelandic final wasn't the strongest this year. But we'll get to the rest. Song number three is called Möhjulecht by Marketa Irglova. It means possible. So, Monty, this song didn't get out of the semi-final. So this wasn't in the final of Song of the Ketnin. It's a very soft song, I have to say. Ethereal. Ethereal. Says on my notes. Ethereal. Nice word. Performed in sign language. Sorry, not performed in sign language. There is sign language to accompany it. As in, uh, she is performing the sign language. Um, she's accompanied on stage with the ballet dancers uh, as well, which it's, it's fair enough. It's they're you know clearly good ballet dancers. It's very sweet, uh, but it's another song that simply glides along, and I think it passes sort of people by if you're not quite concentrating, and hence why I think it didn't get out of the semi final. So too lightweight. 
Um, but it is really charming. It's really, really charming. It's just, yeah, again, it's just a bit middle of the road for me. It's quite sweet, isn't it? The um, Some of that signing, I think, becomes just sort of a bit of gesturing uh, by some parts of the song. I'm not sure she's quite signing the whole thing. Some of it's just flapping her hands around, really. Um, the backdrop's a bit cosmic. It looks like, you know, a close-up of the... The, the space through like the Hubble telescope or something like that. The lyrical theme is about kind of wanting to help somebody out of their pit of despair um, by giving them a bit of perspective and helping them see that not everyone, not everything is terrible. I think it's a bit of kind of like, you know, pull yourself together. Um, but, do you know, there's an interesting fact about Marquetta. Okay. Well, a couple of interesting facts. She's Czech Icelandic. She's got dual nationality and she's an Oscar winner. So what? She's an Oscar winner as composer for Best Original Song for a song called Falling Slowly um, for a film called Once. Oh, yes. I mean, that was a stage play. I've seen Falling Slowly is an amazing song. Mm-hmm. She wrote that. She, she wrote it, yeah. And she won an Oscar for it. Oh my god! Because yes. it was a stage show that then was made into a film, but mm-hmm. uh, it's beautiful. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, the there more you go. know, well, the more I know. Well, the more you know. The more our listeners know. <laughs> See how educational we are. Anything is possible. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah. See how educational we are. We can read Wikipedia too. <laughs> I quite like the ballet dancers though. Um, the the male one's quite dishy, but I could have done with a closer view of him. So note to choreographers: if you're going to put somebody very dishy in your background dancing, give them a close up so we can get to perv them on screen. Of their oh face, yes, face, yes, yes. 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 Give what a close you, up. Well, did you think wearing... I was meaning the bulge in his tight tights? <laughs> I did think that. Yes, and his pert buttocks. Yeah. I did think that. Well, I mean, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I would have liked to see his face as well. <laughs> We're going to move on to some You'd like of to see what the mantelpiece is looking like when you stoke the fire. <laughs> Monty, that's a beautiful song and you've just desecrated Sorry. it. <laughs> I did say it was quite pretty. Yeah, it is. It is. I see. He is. I agreed. Uh, song number four then is... Oh God, yeah, song number four there, Monty. Halfy Half with Gia or Gia. Monty, I'm going to throw to you on this because, quite frankly, I don't really know what's going on. Nor do I. <laughs> okay. But we have seen Huffy Huff in the Icelandic final before. He was in in 2008 with a song called The Wiggle Wiggle Song. That doesn't surprise which me. Which is as ridiculous as you might expect from that title. Um, there's a lot going on on stage here. There's a lot in the performance. So Huffy Huff starts... Um, Wearing what looks like some Grecian robes, wearing some elbow-length evening gloves, um, and 
flapping behind a fan. Um, this all comes off to reveal kind of more sort of like gym clothes. But he's covered in sort of little strips of material. And it puts me in mind, in the northeast where I'm from, people used to gather little scraps of material and make um, like doormats out of it. And we used to call them clippy mats. And he looks like he's wearing a clippy mat. He's <laughs> <laughs> got all these sort of bits hanging off him. He then goes behind a little hostess trolley that's got a blender on it. There's a little bit like a sort of TV cookery demonstration. And then when he comes out again, he's wearing pink shorts and a little crop top and a cardigan on with one of those lovely Icelandic sort of circular collar designs in the, the knitwear. There's a violinist for some reason. Then he's having a split-screen phone call with somebody who's... Kind of, it reminds me a little bit of the Sylvia Knight telephone yeah. call with God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the person he's having a conversation with has got these enormous headdress on with pink feathers. Then Happy have to change it into a skirt, climbs some steps, waves the Icelandic flag, and while all this is going on, the song seems to be about hummus. <laughs> Well, at least there's a recipe for it. Apparently. There is a recipe. They actually say in it, olive oil, garlic, chickpeas, salt, cumin, little lemon, cayenne pepper, and then put it in a blender. Sim salabim. To imagine this <laughs> some kind of magic potion. You've got hummus. I, I mean, it is a patchwork quilt of cultural references. I suppose that's the writer in me with how I would explain the that. References, maybe. I'm not sure if they're entirely cultural. <laughs> no. Well, or of this culture. I don't. I didn't know whether to be offended or not watching this. To be honest, I'm like, I'm not, it's this. It's such a mess. I'm not sure I can be offended because it's just so hacked. Uh, but um, there are a million different sounds going on stage. There's a million different textures and colours and on stage. Possibly lots of messages, as you said, you know, educational. If nothing but if educational, if you want to know how to make hummus. Yeah, please write in if you know more than us. <laughs> well, Gia, the title is, it wouldn't translate on Google Translate, but there's an English version, or partly English version of it, called Volcano. Um, but where they're singing Volcano in the English version, they're singing hummus in the translate from Hobbes in the Icelandic version. So I'm not really sure what's going on. However, I wondered if maybe the hummus was like an offering for the volcano. Because in folklore, people used to, you know, throw animals into the volcano to appease the spirit and the god of the, the volcano. Um, now I think they, you know, pop vegetables in rather than animal, live, live goats. I mean, who doesn't like hummus? But it reminded me of the, the Tori Amos album called Boys for Pele. She's taken the title from Pele, the Hawaiian volcano goddess, and the boys that she's throwing in as offering are the men who've been in her life who've treated her like shit. And so I'm kind of wondering if the, the hummus is a sacrificial offering. Because there's a line which uh, translates, delicious for a hike to the mountain. Try not to fall into the lava fountain. My hummus is on fire. Okay, I mean, I, I'm reading hummus as maybe a euphemism, but okay. Well, happy half in his hummus. <laughs> and that's that on that. <laughs> I've also written down the word bat shit crazy. And it is. I think you just need to see it, guys. Just Oh, yeah. you really do? Yeah, yeah, look at yeah. it. Because, uh, yeah, it's an assault on your eyes. It's, yes, it's all in the performance, really. It's quite sassy, actually. He's a sassy little bugger. Yeah. I quite like that. I think so, mm. yeah. He looks like an interesting and colourful artist. <laughs> 
Song 5 is Turn This Around by the Reykjavikardator, the daughters of Reykjavik. Well, Monty, I have to say, this is a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Uh, I'm getting 90s girl group vibes here uh, with that very harsh makeup. They've got very harsh makeup on. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Uh, And very much a a fuck you kind of attitude. And I love that. I absolutely, I'm all here for that. It has got plenty of attitude. When one of the girls enters on a motorcycle, I'm like, okay, you've won me over. This is, you're my kind of girls. I don't know the sexuality of these girls. Um, I don't really care. But it's there's a certain queerness to it. I don't know. There's just something about it that I just really identify with. There's, the song itself, it's quite um, beaty and shouty. You know, the, the, the beat itself kind of that goes along is, is, is really disgusting. I love it. I would have loved to seen this at Eurovision. I do think, as I said before, that the right song went to Eurovision this year. But this also would have been quite an interesting one just to drop into the mix of songs. Absolutely. I think, I mean, this it's a, a Icelandic hip-hop band, is how they describe themselves. And they are quite they are quite well-known. Yeah, this is yeah, quite a they've big, been, big... Yes. Yeah. They've been going since uh, 2013. And they're, I think they're kind of more underground known um, outside of Iceland, but they've definitely made a career for themselves. I think, you know, they're on that kind of alternative um, uh, scene. It's great. Um, there's... Um, when you say there's a queerness... Um, they, there is definitely something there because they certainly their feminism is definitely inclusive of trans women and non-binary people, oh. and they've said that um, their goal as a band is to empower women and non-binary people through their music. Okay, so we like that. We like that. Yes, Nordic feminist groups have not always had the most trans-inclusive stance, and yes, we're looking at you, the hungry hearts who sang Leica in the Norwegian MGP, uh, turned out to be a little bit trans-exclusive, mm. I think, afterwards. So we're liking the fact that the Reykjavik Redektor, the daughters of Reykjavik, are making a very, very clear trans-inclusive stance. I mean, this is chaos on the stage. It's <laughs> absolute chaos, and I, I kind of love it. There's a giant mirror ball, as you said, the one that comes out of a moped. They also come out and they have their own introduction during the song. Each of the... The members, it's kind of almost introducing themselves by having their own sort of little solo as the song goes around. It's just messy and uncoordinated, but in a in a glorious way. But you don't feel like they're fighting for attention or getting their no, moment on stage. Absolutely. It feels really sort of like togetherness. Yeah. yeah, and there's like there's some lovely lyrics peppered through the the whole thing. And this isn't in secret, but there's lines like "fuck boys, they keep me dry like an umbrella." Um, if Karl Marx lived, he'd be my boyfriend. Eat rich people for breakfast. I'm the Virgin Mary, baby. I'm the whore. <laughs> it's just lovely. And then again, this inclusiveness. Here's room for queens, room for freaks, room for hotness, and room for blemishes. Room for us all who took all the shit. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a really positive message here, and it's just lovely. It would have been really interesting to see how they 
staged this and I probably thought through choreographed for TV on the Eurovision stage performance. And for me, it would have carried on that tradition of where Iceland's been a little bit off the wall. Yeah. Lately, you know, with Dathi Freya, with Hattari, you know, this really creative music business coming through. Um, And as nice as I think Sister of Soul was, it was pleasant and lovely. Mm. It wasn't out there. The Daughters of Reykjavik would have brought something really unique. Now, I wanted to just mention the voting here. Yes. Because this is where the voting system, I think didn't really do this group any favours. So they had won the most votes in their semi-final, um, and they won the most votes of anybody in the semi-finals. So uh, Sister or Sigabet and Elin had got 10,788 in the public vote, and Reykjavik had got 13,137. And they were in separate semi-finals. They were in separate semi-finals. So the Reykjavik had more um, support. And also in the first round of votes in the final, Reykjavik got the most. They got um, uh, just over 2,000 more than Siga, Betan and Aileen. They also got more from the juries. So when the votes were combined at the first stage, they were about three and a half thousand votes ahead of Sister. So it meant that in the super final, Sister won by a margin of eleven and over eleven and a half thousand votes. When it was combined with the first two, they were about eight thousand ahead. So they overtook the Reykjavik and I think that was people voting against something a little bit more out there and voting for something a little bit more conservative. Yeah, this is why golden finals or super finals or when you've already had a vote in place and then you redo a vote with a more concentrated number of songs in the same show as well, which is really interesting, uh, that's where you can get some of this. We've, we've spoken about this in the podcast loads of times before. This has happened before where... Once you take, you have the same amount of people who are likely to be voting, but they their favourites are now dropped out. Where do their vote go? Do you vote for a song that you like, or do you vote against a song that you don't? Really interesting. Yeah, I don't really like the super final for that because it gives people that opportunity. I guess you can argue that it gives people the chance to reflect and, you know, vote for something. And also, Sister got the most votes, so you know they won. But they got the most votes, I think, because of the structure of the system and because people were allowed to vote against the Reykjavik Adetur once they knew which two songs were in the final running. So yeah, scrap the super final. That's what I say. Mm, controversial, Monty. So that's our five songs. Which one of them is going to be chosen as the Icelandic cherry? Well, you'll find out. But first, this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So you know what this is. This is our segment that is basically just a ray of light, bit of positivity to combat some of the shit that you read online all the time. And our positive message this week, well, it is a little bit self-indulgent, but we don't care. Uh, it is Monster Gigs, which is a, a website, uh, sort of a media and review, review uh, gig 
TV entertainment website. And uh, on well, they tweeted us and said that once again, Monty, the second Cherry podcast has been longlisted in the best podcast category for the Monster Gigs Awards. So I'm like, well, actually, maybe we're doing a good job. Yes. I don't care if this is self-indulgent because I think this is worth shouting about. Yeah. We were lucky enough to win the Monster Gigs Award for Best Podcast last year. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Monster Gigs for that. And it's an absolute honour to be on the long list again this year. I just feel like sometimes, you know, we do this. We sometimes are drunk, sometimes we're not. I'm not drunk now, but sometimes we are. And it's a bit of fun and, you know... We spend all that bloody time at the early part of the year. And this year at Eurovision, we did daily from Turin. Like, we've done a lot of bloody work. And um, it's just quite nice that somebody has gone, recognise that. Well done, you guys. It's absolutely lovely. I mean, I think it's lovely that people even listen. <laughs> yeah. Because what we do is really niche. It's niche. But, so it's lovely. It's just really, really, really lovely to get that bit of recognition. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you to Monster Gigs. Absolutely lovely. And that is our... Matt and Monty's Good Thing of the Week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Monty, there's just one more thing that uh, I want to say. Do you want to reel us in? Well, actually, Matt, there's more than one thing we want to say. Because before I tell them which song has won... And is the Icelander Cherry. We've got news on the live final. Get in. (laughs) So this podcast is going out in the second to last week in September. And what we believe is that tickets for the live final will be on sale by the end of the month. Yes. Okay. So they could be on sale by the time the next episode goes out. Or they might go on sale just after that episode goes out. So we don't know the exact date. But check our social media. And importantly, check Eurofest's social media. Because they're handling the ticket sales. And don't miss the tickets when they go on sale. Yes. I don't know why you would, wouldn't would be following Eurofest on Facebook and Twitter. Um, if you are following this podcast, you really should. Because that is how you get your tickets, as Monty says. Uh, you can contact us. We're going obviously going to be pushing this the moment we know that they're going on sale. So you can follow us as well. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at Second Cherry, Instagram Second underscore Cherry, Facebook Second Cherry Podcast, and uh, email us as well. You can get us at hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. And check out Eurofest as well. Eurofest UK on Twitter. I think on the other socials, it's that as well. Search it, it'll come up, don't worry. Eurofest UK on Facebook for sure. So check that out because they will be announcing the on-sale date for the Eurofest in November, which will also feature Second Cherry. We also have been told who the guest is and we're not allowed to say but if it's who we think it is it's going to be a good one I'm a bit excited me too (laughs) okay so there you go so check out the tickets may be on sale before the next episode they may be on sale after the next episode but we are giving you the heads up now and social media is the place where it will be announced do not miss the tickets if you're hoping to come because they sell out very 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 quickly 
We warned you last year, and you missed out. You must be warned this year. And you need to get the one that allows you entry from 7 o'clock for the second Cherry Show, not just the one that allows you access from 10 just for the Eurofest after party. Well, the actual party. The party. The party. (laughs) (laughs) We don't care. We'll be drunk from start to finish. (laughs) Fabulous. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with... We haven't announced the song yet. Oh, we haven't announced the song yet. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) The Icelandic cherry, I think you can probably guess from the way we're talking about it, is Turn This Around by the Reykjavik Ardaitur. Yeah, Montilla, this is a fucking tune. We love it. We love their attitude. And the more you read about these girls, you love them. So they they were so ready for cherry picking. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with... Sweden. Sweden. We're doing it, kids. We're there. (laughs) Have a good time. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.